0: Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of his love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all. You said good morning back. That's nice. Didn't expect it for some reason. Uh, Yeah, for you online, thank you for joining us as well. If I'm on edge this morning, it's because I don't know if there's another breaking announcement from Suzanne, so. <laughs> I didn't actually know that was part of the plan. I was like, Did, is that supposed to happen? Um, before I get into my message, I'll just uh, let you know about Love the Valley. Chuck mentioned it. It's, uh, like he said, May 23rd to the 30th. The, the first kind of aspect of Love the Valley is for you just to be led, um, to love your, your neighbor. So that whole week, the 23rd to the 30th of May, we're just gonna say, love your neighbors. I don't, I don't really care what it looks like as long as they feel loved and encouraged, but my, my uh, suggestion to you is get creative. Uh, have a time of sitting down uh, and just praying about how God is leading you guys to, to love your community. And so do that with your family, or if you're living alone, grab a friend so you can do it together and just have fun with it. And if you do that, let me know, because that would be great to hear. And then also, Uh, The the kind of the Love the Valley day is going to be May 28th, so a few ways to get involved. We have community hampers that you can give to by sponsoring a hamper, uh, online through credit card. All of this you can sign up for if you go to gmchurch.ca, click the LTV tab, so you can give online through credit card or cash, check, or debit at the church. Bake some cookies so that we can uh, give them in the hampers. Uh, And then there's some hamper prep needed Friday afternoon, and then we'll need a lot of help for hamper delivery, because hopefully we're aiming for around 150 hampers to deliver. Like, that's not Winkler, that's also Morden, Altona, It's, it's a lot of places, so... Yeah, and then uh, hot dog lunches that day are going to happen at the Bethel Heritage Park in Winkler, and then Morden Park as well. We're having a drive-in one that will serve the the lunch to the hampers, and then be dr- whoever wants it as well can come here. Uh, and then we need a lot of help as well at the outdoor house cleaning out at Southgate Drive. We've uh, that's kind of the Manitoba housing area that Central Station helps to run. And yeah, it's been fun to build relationship with them. And so it's really cool to be out there again. We'll have, eat lunch with them as well. It's going to be a great, great time. So yeah, please sign up for that before I just start calling you all for volunteers. Great. Cool. Yeah, let's, let's dive in today and, and pray. Well, God, thank you so much for, for this morning and, uh, and your love and your grace, Father. And God, we just pray that you would, you would be here in a powerful way, and you would speak, and, and uh, your spirit would speak, and, and you would use my words, God. Yeah, amen. Uh, how many of you are finished your taxes for the year? That deadline has come and gone, so if you didn't raise your hands, stay here, but then do your taxes. Um, uh, I, I finish them for for some reason. Taxes always give me a lot of. You know, it's like there's the due date, right? There's the due date, and there's punishment if you don't do them. And I don't know. What, I don't really even know what the punishment is. In my head, like they will just break into your house, <laughs> and tie you up and tase you, and then you'll lose your house. I don't even know. That's probably not what happens, but I just I don't want to find out. So there's something about. Doing taxes, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. And then in in addition, this year I felt very scattered. Um, During COVID, we all picked up weird hobbies and one of my hobbies was was buying and selling sports cards. So I was home alone in, in my house and I was like, I'll buy cardboard with pictures and go from there. But you have to claim all that profit, and again, I didn't want to be tased, so I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to get all of this in order. I didn't have any of it, it was, it was chaos, and, and I was scrambling to get it all down so I wouldn't be arrested. Um, so it, it, it had a lot of stress to it, and I, and I think we're, we're talking about a big topic today, it's, it's Judgment Day. Um, this, this is a big thing, right? And, and this, we know that, that Judgment Day is coming, there is a date of Judgment Day, It's not May 2022. Well, it may be, but we're halfway through May. It's just we're not making a theological statement there or anything, okay? No rumors that start. Um, But Judgment Day is a reality, and it is coming. And sometimes that, because that reality means so much, we we maybe want to ignore it, right? We maybe want to say, hey, maybe it's just best not to think about that. Um, But I don't think that's the right right answer. I think we should uh, look at this. I, I think we we should look at these realities and because and, we want to be prepared, right? We want to be ready. We want to adjust our life. We don't want to be <laughs> scrambling like I was doing my taxes this year. And so again, Judgment Day is a reality. It says in Hebrews 9, 27, just as people are destined to die once, that's a guarantee. And after that, face judgment. And so this is something that that we will all go through. The, the believer will be judged, and the unbeliever will be judged. And so that's what uh, I want to talk about today in this, in this series. Um, also, Claude is preaching today at uh, the Morden EMMC Church, so if you can right now say some quick prayers for him, because that's happening currently, that would be great. But Revelations 20, Then I saw the great, uh, great white throne and him who was seated on it, The earth and the heavens, they fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And so, so the reality of, of judgment and the reality of hell is, is one that, that, that some have maybe tried to erase from the Bible. Uh, we see it mentioned so often. Jesus talked about hell even more than he talked about heaven. It's mentioned a lot. Um, different authors uh, have, have tried to, maybe manipulate the, the definition of hell to make it a bit more palpable for what they think it should be like. And as if you're a Christian and you believe the Bible is the word of God, we just have to be, um, we have to really just, not just twist the word of God, right? The word of God is, we believe it's in, in, the inspired word of God, so what we want to do is not manipulate it so it's our word. We want it to be the word of God, God's words, Um, the, the Satan did that with the Bible, right? He took God's words and he manipulated them and that's not what we want to do. We want to found be biblical and so biblically we see hell that it's, it's mentioned frequently and it's mentioned as something that is eternal quite often seems to be a conscious experience that, that people go through and it is a final separation from God and his presence And this is really, um, what makes heaven so good is the presence of God, right? Sometimes when we talk about heaven, we're like, I'm going to fly, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to pet a tiger. It's like, cool, yeah, (laughs) I don't know, I don't know if you'll be able to do all those things, but maybe some of them, hopefully the tiger, but... (laughs) But what makes heaven so good is God, his fullness of glory will be there. The fullness, right now we see in part in heaven, it's the fullness of the presence of God that will make heaven such an amazing place to be. And it's the exact reason why it makes hell such a, a place of, of torment. It's the absence of God's presence. It's the separation from God. It says in Second. Thessalonians 1 9, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And that is not the place that, that you want to be, is, is to be completely away from the presence of the Lord. where are evil, God is not holding evil back at all, as well. And so, uh, one of the famous questions that get asked is how can a loving God send people to hell? Uh, I don't have three hours this morning because <laughs> that's a massive question, but I'll, I'll take five minutes and talk about it briefly. So bear with me. Um, first of all, we have to remember that, that God has prepared hell, it says in Matthew 25, 41, um, for the devils and his angels. And so this is, this is who God wants in hell. He actively wants um, the devils and the demons in hell. God desires for mankind to, to be reunited with him. It says in 1 Timothy 2, 4, who desires all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. We're in this end time series. One of the reasons why, why uh, the end times hasn't come is God wants to be patient. He wants people to come to the Lord. And so maybe, you know, the, the, the bride of Christ, we're praying, come Lord Jesus. And God is praying, well, no, go. Go and tell people about me. Um, when Jesus, when Jesus came to earth, it talks about in John 3, 16 and 17, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, Jesus didn't come into the world to judge the world when he came the first time as a baby, he came to rescue us, he could have been sent to judge the world, right, he's the rightful judge, he could have just judged us there, he didn't, He wanted to show us love, and he came so that we might be united with him. And to do that, he had to pay the penalty for sin. He he had to take on sin. It said he became sin, and that is something that blows theologians' mind. I I hear people talk about that sometimes, and um, I think we can't even comprehend it. Um, Secondly, God is is loving. and, And because he's loving, he gives people choice. Right, God, heaven is the fullness of God's presence. It's to be with God, to be away from the body is to be present with the Lord, it says, Paul said. And so God is not gonna force people into his presence against their will, right? That is not, that's not the God we have and that's not a good relationship. C.S. Lewis says there's two kinds of people, those who say to God, thy will be done and to those whom God says, thy will be done. Um, thirdly, God is a lo- God of love and compassion, absolutely. But he's also a God who is holy and he's just and, and he detests sin and, and he, he does punish sin and we have all fallen shorty, short of the glory of God. Well short of the glory of God and, and the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. And so sometimes I think we struggle with, with this reality even more because we don't see the depth of our sin compared to the holiness of God, um, sin sin and, and God are like oil and water. I spilt. they they don't mix, they, they, they don't mix, they, they don't hang out together and you know, you read the Old Testament, and in the Garden of Eden, right, there was this perfect relationship with mankind, but when sin entered the world, you had you had God. He wanted to dwell with with the, his people, but he dwelled in a temple, and there was this big curtain that separated where the manifest presence of God was and where his people were, and you could look at that and be like, God, don't you want to be with your, your people? But the only thing was, again, sin and God, they, they do not mix, and so if if God would have been hanging out, his manifest presence hanging out with the people and the Ark of the Covenant was hanging around the camp and, and someone's like, hey God, how's this going? They would die, right? So it was, it, he needed, he wanted to be with his people and he had this desire, but because sin was there, it, it didn't work because the holiness of God cannot be where sin is. And this is where Moses, when he asked God, show me your glory, God said, no, like I'll show you just, the, my, just a glimpse of my back and your face, his face lit up like a Christmas tree. He could barely handle that. And so, so again, the, the holiness of God versus our sin, we, 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 we don't see this clearly. And in heaven's future kingdom, God's gonna establish perfection, right? There is not gonna be sin. It's gonna be a kingdom where there's no war, no violence, no greed, or jealousy, no lust, adultery, addiction, sex trafficking, or rape. No corruption, no injustices. It's going to be absolutely perfect and absent of sin. But, but God will judge sin, right? And, and bring justice for that to happen. And, and we as humans, we, we long for justice. Especially when someone cuts us off, right? Or especially when someone does an injustice to us, we want justice, Um, and so we we can trust that God, in His infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, He is going to bring justice. He's going to make things right, and He's going to do that perfectly. And and while we're on Earth, looking at these realities, some things we we wrestle with, right? And and we will never have all our questions answered, right? And part of the reason is, um, Jesus said, "If you know if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, I have the brain the size of a mustard seed." I'm not telling you that you have that. I'm just for me, compared to God's infinite wisdom, I literally like it's not even a mustard seed. Like I, there's like when I even think of eternity, like I like how long is heaven for you? For me, like I can think a thousand years, like. That's the longest period I can think of being alive. I can't think of more than that. But it's eternal, right? And there's all of these realities that I just can't wrap my head around. And so we can ask questions. You know, what, what about those who don't hear about God? And, and again, I could talk about that for three hours. Um, but actually in the Old Testament, you see people come to a saving faith without actually knowing Jesus. You see Rahab come to a saving faith who wasn't even really, really around the Israelites. You, you actually see as well, you know, tribes coming to a saving faith before um, missionaries show up. They, they know of the one true God. But the bottom line at the end of the day is we won't understand all of these things. We're not meant to. They're above our pay grade. The bottom line is can we trust that God is just and he won't make mistakes. That's the bottom line at the end of the day. We'll have questions, right? doesn't matter who you are, if you're a Christian, not a Christian, you'll have questions that won't be able to be answered. Can you trust that God is just and he'll do that right? And I believe that on that day, there'll be no one that says, I object to what God declares and no one that says to God, no, you got this wrong, I think. Uh, A quote by J.I. Packer is, the character of God is the guarantee that all wrongs will be righted someday. When, When the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed, arrives. Retribution will be exact. No problems of cosmic unfairness will remain to haunt us. God is the judge, so justice will be done. And uh, I think we can have faith in that. Um, This brings me to the judgment of the the believers as well. If if you've given your life to God, and and your name is written in the book of life, um, we too are being judged. And and we, are, we know we're saved by grace. There's no, way, there's no way that we can be good enough to be in the presence of God. That, that is exactly, again, that's exactly why Jesus was sent to earth. Because he had to pay the punishment for sin. And we've fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us we are in the same boat, having made mistakes. And so we needed Jesus to... Um, Pay for that punishment. So it says in, in Romans, right? If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And this is not just a flippant, "Hey, Jesus is Lord," and then you're you're good. This is a, a genuine declaration. It's more than it's it's a heart. It's a reality of the heart, a genuine reality of the heart that's expressed through words, right? Because if you believe something. You're going to say it. And so, for those who have put in their genuine faith in Christ, for those that Jesus is Lord, right? Because Jesus actually says, Not everyone that says Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, And then he eventually says, Away from me, you evildoers who just prophesied, did miracles, you never knew me. They didn't make Jesus Lord, they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They were playing a part, but they, they didn't know God. And so for those who have given their allegiance to Jesus, put their faith in him, their sins are covered, Um, you might ask too, hey, if we've booked our ticket into heaven, why why does this even matter? Right, like if I have a ticket to heaven, like I'm okay with the nosebleed seats, it's gonna be a great show, I don't need VIP access, I don't need front row seats or anything like that. Well first of all, if that's your attitude, that's a very weird attitude. (laughs) right? Because we as, as believers, if God has truly saved us, that doesn't make any sense. We should live to please God. We should live for God. And, and also, um, we're going to be held accountable still for our lives and for our actions and for our motives. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, we all must appear before the judge seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or good. Or evil. Um, And then in 1 Corinthians 4 5, it talks about this judgment being being absolute. God is going to know every part of our judgment. He's going to know the motives of our heart. He's going to expose the motives of our heart. Nothing is going to be hidden. He's going to be the perfect judge. And it says, therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. And I think this is where um, the application would be. We just have to be very careful of saying, hey, you're destined to heaven, you're destined to hell you have to be very careful with that because we don't see people's hearts, right? People can present something from the outside that's not truly a genuine thing in their heart and only God really knows and only that day of light and and him, he'll be able to judge perfectly. So we just have to be very careful. doesn't mean you can't tell someone what they're doing is wrong. Some people go as far as to be like, hey, don't judge me, so never say anything against me. I don't think it means that. But when it comes to their eternal destination, God is the judge and we leave judgment to him. Um, And so God is going to judge us, right, in this moment. We are going to be judged by God. Everything is going to be seen by him and he'll know us completely and fully for everything we've done and every motive of our heart that we've had. And I believe that in that moment, um, I want to please God, right? I want to be in that place where he says, hey, well done Good and faithful servant. For sure, there's going to be things in my life that, uh, that, w- that won't be pretty like all of us have, but I want God to say, hey, you were faithful with what I gave you, right? And this is the second reality of why our judgment is important for the believer eternity doesn't seem to be the same. It's going to be experienced differently for everyone, in Luke 12, you have the parable of the talents where the master puts talents in each person's hand. And you have different servants doing different things with the talents. Um, and the ones that invested the talents, and, and these would be just whatever God's put in your hand talents, gift, time you're, you're investing it well. It says, For these servants, it will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing when he returns. I tell you, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. So there's going to be a reward. And, and biblically, there are just, it, it talks about rewards in heaven. And so we don't exactly know what these are. Some people would actually take this, this parable and just say, that is literal. Like, Jesus will, you, you will have a promotion in, in heaven. And that very well could be, I don't exactly know. Some people say it's a crown. I've heard people say, I'm going to have beachfront property <laughs> And that's pretty much when you're just taking your earthly understanding and translating into heaven. So, I don't know there. But, but it, I, I think this is true, right? And even the same, it, it says for those that don't know Jesus, um, and a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared to carry out those instructions will be severely punished. Someone that knows about God and actively rejects God. But someone who does not know that does something wrong will only be punished lightly. And so, Again, I don't exactly even know what that looks like or implies, but it's, that's the word of God. Jesus also said um, to the, the city of Capernaum that it would be worse for them on the day of judgment than for Sodom, because this is the city where he did miracles. They saw Jesus in the flesh. They saw his miracles, and they rejected him. So again, I'm just going to let that, that stand for what it says, because any more talk, and, and it's going to be my words Uh, 1 Corinthians um, 3, it it talks about our lives and, and what's gonna last into eternity. Paul is saying, by the grace of God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. This is huge. Can you say that to your neighbor? Each one should build with care. Build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one Already laid. He's talking about, hey, I, I gave you the foundation of Jesus. If you don't have that foundation, you don't have a foundation. Your work, nothing's gonna last if you don't have that. It's all built on sand. Um, if anyone builds on this foundation, so we build on that foundation. Okay, great. You're you're a Christian, but you are in investing your life. Daily into building on top of that. So if you build on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hair, straw, we get to choose that, right? Our work is going to be shown, their work will, will be shown for what it is, because the day, the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. In Hebrews 12, it talks about there's gonna be another shaking of the earth where everything that's shakable, everything that's finite, everything that's going to fade away, it will all fade away, and only that which can't be shaken will survive, only the things that have eternal value. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will see a reward. So again, the fire will test what we've done with our lives, and if we've invested into eternity, there will be a reward. If it's burned up, the builder's going to suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though as one escaping through flames. It's almost like you escape a burning building, but you only have the clothes on your back and you have nothing else. And so, in view of these things, in view of both of these judgments of the believer and unbeliever, I, I want to talk today and just conclude today. My conclusion is going to be like, I don't know, thir- 15 minutes. So when I say conclusion, don't get too excited. <laughs> But what's in, what's actually important for my life? And what I've really so appreciated about Pastor Claude and, and the way he started this series is that's what it's, it's been focused on. It's like, okay, we could throw out theories of, hey, this is maybe when it's going to come. But no, no, no. Okay, what's what, what are the absolutes that we need to know? A- and... What's important for my life today? Like, What can I change in my life? So what is important for our lives? Uh, uh, if you're a believer, and I believe that is, first of all, to embrace your refining here. Embrace your refining here. Peter wrote a letter to uh, the church in, in Asia Minor. It was this, this letter was circulated in that region. And these were a people that, that were undergoing intense, like intense, intense persecution. And he gives them just these awesome words of hope, talking about, um, if you want to put the verse up there, but I'll paraphrase it, talking about their inheritance. And it can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming uh, of the salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. So that's an awesome verse for, for anyone that's just worried of of salvation, if they're losing it every day or not, you know, as a kid, you're praying that a thousand times. Through faith, um, that's shielded, that inheritance is shielded by God's power. That's pretty powerful. Um, In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. Like these people were under relentless persecution. These have come, so the proven genuineness of your faith worth of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Peter was encouraging these people, guys, I know this is really hard. It's, it, it's only a brief moment though. And the faith, the genuine faith that it's developing in you it is a, a value that is way greater than gold. It's more valuable than absolutely anything. And this is what we want, right? We want to embrace God's refining in our life. Uh, But the thing is, um, I have a wedding ring here. It's 10K gold. That means it's worth 10 grand if you want, you know. It's pretty good. That's not what it means. 10K gold means it's 41.667% gold. The rest is other things. Silver maybe? I don't know. Less important things. I could say, hey, I want this to be pure gold, you know, so I'm just gonna just polish it up real good. Oh yeah, look at that, look at that. Pure gold right there. No, it needs to go through fire. It needs to be put, now, nowadays, like when they separate metals, they put it through acid and all kinds of different things. It, it needs to go through, through, through a, a, a chemical burning, in a sense. And so, in our lives today, when, when we face trials, this is, this is where God can refine us. Right, these trials can refine us. Um, this this last summer, we moved into uh, a new house, and it has grapes. And that was when I saw the grapes. I was like, "We're getting this house. It has got grapes. It's so cool. They're growing everywhere." And this summer, like the grapes, like literally, they were just growing, growing, growing like crazy. We were being overtaken by grapes. We were like, "This is great. Lots of grapes." But uh, as Valerie called her grandma. Uh, Val's grandma said, hey, make sure that you're pruning those grapes. Make sure that you're cutting the the pieces that don't have fruit, because there's nutrients and, and things that are going into them, but it's not bearing fruit. And again, in John 15, it says the same thing. Jesus is the vine, we're the branch, and he wants us to bear fruit that will last, last into eternity, right? that fruit that is not just gonna fade, but, but it will last again through eternity. But part of bearing fruit is, guess what? It's pruning. It's pruning, it's God correcting my attitude. It's God r- revealing my pride, which he does all the time. <laughs> God convicting us of how we're spending our time or what we're watching. Or maybe again, it's, it's a refining of going through a trial, and, and, and we want to embrace these things because we value comfort, and God values character. Because we value earthly things, and God looks eternally. God sees differently. We think finitely. God sees eternally, right? And so we need to let God refine us. We need to spend time with him, and like David did, say, God, search my heart. Is there any wicked way in me? Lead me in the way everlasting so that we can be refined in in this life and and have something to show for the next one. And lastly, we need to be people that focus on what's going to last through the fire. What are you building your life on? Are you building with care, like it says? What are the materials that you are building? Are are, are they materials that are going to last through the fire? And so often if we look at our life and the goals that we have and the way that we spend our time and money and, and everything, it, it's not always in things that have any worth, right? This, this week, um, the, right, right now the stock markets are going like wild, plummeting and all of that. And, and part of my in investments was investing in, in cryptocurrency. It was like, eh, it seems fun. Um, and there was one investment this last week that just... Absolutely tanked. Like you literally watched it. It started at like $100 a share. And it went down and down and down and down. $20, $10, $5. And it is, it is completely worthless. It literally just bottomed. But as, as, as it was bottoming, everyone was, hey, let's throw our money into this. It's going to go right back up. Throw our money, throw our money, throw our money. And it just hit the floor and it's all worthless but people just kept pouring money into it. And you can say, man, those people sound crazy. But again, we can do the same thing with our lives, right? We, we can throw so many things into stuff that at the end of the day really doesn't matter. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, now these three remain faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. This, this is what we want to invest in, right? This is where we want to invest our everything. This is what really matters. This is what's going to last. These are the stocks that are only going to rise. Faith is knowing God, living like he's real, taking him at his word and and doing and not just listening. Hope is having a trust in Jesus and his promises. And love is is a devotion and love for God and a relationship with God that expresses itself in following his ways and loving others right? The greatest of these is love. Love God, love people. The second, the the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second is just directly linked to it. It's loving others, and that wraps up every, everything. It's all about that. So what's the best investment you can make today? I believe it's, it's an investment into loving God and loving people, right? People are such a good investment, People are a good investment. Paul said, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news news of God's grace. Paul said, like, if it's not relating to this, I might as well just, ah, it doesn't matter. Like, my life doesn't matter. I might as well, it's it's completely useless. I'm here because of this. I'm here to invest in people. I'm here to tell people about the good news of Jesus. I'm here because God has sent me, because he wants all men to come to a knowledge of the truth. And again, he knew the Great Commission. Go, right? Go. Go make disciples. Go share the love of Jesus. There's this this parable Jesus tells about a a master hosting a, a feast and and the servant, he, he invites people to come in, and these people, they, they find excuses for why they don't want to go to the feast. They're, they're busy with earthly things. And the servant comes back to the master, and, and the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town, and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room and then the master told the servant, go out to the roads, the country lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. And this is, this is what we want to invest our life in, right? Anything else that we, that we have, it doesn't matter the, the fair market value of our house. One day the fair market value of your house will be zero. <laughs> right? It's not bad to have these things, but it's just not why we're here. Faith, hope, and love faith, hope, and love. Let's invest in this. Let's let's build wisely. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.